Welcome in to the DNBR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley. Being an NHL head coach, sometimes it takes balls. Other times, it takes maybe bigger balls to fire an NHL head coach. So if you want to be part of the boys club that keeps it silky smooth in the NHL, use Manscaped today. Use code DNVR20 and get 20% off your purchase at manscaped.com. Head on over there. Get the perfect package 3.0. They offer precision tools to take care of your family jewels. They also offer great other options as well, whether it be breath mints, their boxer briefs, ton of other stuff. I think they have shave mats as well. Just check it out. Bunch of awesome products. Go get in and be part of the boys club. Let's jump in. Obviously the big news from yesterday, <laughs> Claude Julian being fired by the Montreal Canadiens. We'll talk about that specifically, but probably look at this uh, wider as as what it takes to be and fire a coach in the NHL in general because I think a lot of people were kind of blindsided by this Julian firing. Um, Montreal, they were on a losing streak, but they were doing just fine this season on the whole. Yeah, I mean, they had... Um... <clears throat> they had kind of a hot start, um, but like a losing streak. You know, they are their last ten games. They're four, four, and two, which is not good, but not yeah. but like cataclysmic. <laughs> yeah. So in a in a ten game stretch, you have twenty points available to you, and at four, four, and two, you have ten of those twenty points. Yep. So. Plenty of room for improvement, but that's still 10 points. Um, I, I think that I was surprised by it because I think the number one reason why I picked Montreal to win that division this year was Claude Julien. Is because I thought that, that the team is was it, it was a really well-coached unit and they added enough talent over the offseason Uh that I thought, boy, this is kind of crazy because, like, do you remember the, the Canadians only got into the postseason last year because they expanded it? Yep. They would have missed otherwise. Yeah. And they weren't even particularly close. Like, Montreal fans were talking lotto. Yeah, and then they got in. Yeah. They got in and a power outage on Pittsburgh's offense you know, Carey Price has a great series. They advance, and all of a sudden, they look at themselves differently. Yep. And they have a really aggressive offseason, in which I think they definitely got better. And about it. then all of a sudden, you know, they're they're in a they're in a playoff spot in a division that's had kind of a crazy start to it. Maybe it only feels crazy because they haven't had games canceled, so it feels like everybody in that division's played five hundred times already. But they're doing just fine. They have a positive goal differential. They are, they look like, to me, they look like the most complete team in that division. Uh, when you talk about firepower up front, defensive ability, goaltending, I don't know how you look at any of the other teams. Like, Toronto can, Toronto can steamroll half the teams in that, in that division. But just offensively bury them. Yeah. The Canadians are basically the only team in the division that I can actually play some defense. Like, yeah, it, and and part of part of that is that Julian is a really good coach. He yep. coaches good defensive hockey teams. Yep, and <clears throat> I'm 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 surprised. Like there, there has to be. And look, Mark Bergevin's there every day. He knows he knows what's up, but. That's a really high quality coach, and uh, to see that that guy go, like I don't know, I don't know where I would have Claude Julian in in like the hierarchy of coaches in the NHL if I was sitting down and making up a top ten list. I don't know where he'd be. I mean, uh, but I do, I do think he is one of the better coaches in the league, one of the more consistent ones. I don't. 
I'd have to look to see if I'm actually right about this, uh, but I've never, just watching those, watching his teams, I've never felt like that's a guy who coaches out the offense by stressing defense. You know, there are, there are some coaches that do that. How many coaches in the NHL actually have a Stanley Cup championship to their name? Is it is it like five? Because you have Julian, you have Sullivan in Pittsburgh, you have Cooper in Tampa Bay, you have Trotz who won one with Washington. Uh, St. Louis. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, with Berube. Craig, yeah, Craig, Craig Berube. But so I always forget five. Craig Berube is the coach there. Man. Yeah. <laughs> that's five, but you know, Julian is is in some pretty select company. Maybe there's one or two more that I'm not thinking of. Quinville, of course, who's back with Florida. Yeah, Q, obviously. Um, so that's six of the 32 coaches in the uh, 31, I guess. Uh, Seattle doesn't count. Uh, coaches in the league. <laughs> Julian's in pretty select company there at the yeah. moment. Well, I guess he's not anymore because he's not a head coach, but yeah. certainly a weird one. Did Laviolette ever win one? I thought he only ever made a final. I think he won with Carolina. Did he? Okay. And I think he was the their like 06 coach. I mean, yeah, they only won one, so. Either way, my point being, not that many current NHL head coaches have a Stanley Cup. Does Laviolette have one? We can uh we can look it up. I have a list right here. Yeah, I just I know Laviolette has made the final. He made the finals with the Preds, not the Preds, the uh Yeah, you're right. He uh, did it with uh, the with Flyers. Carolina. Yeah, and the Preds. He was the Preds head coach. Yeah, and he made it and he made it. the finals with uh with the Flyers and he did it and then he won the cup with Carolina. Yeah. Oh, the only winner with Carolina though. Yeah. So a decent number, but Okay. Not not even ten NHL current NHL head coaches have a Stanley Cup to their name. So Yeah, the point that you're making is very valid that a lot of these uh and, and last night after the game, to tie this into the ads, last night there were how many people that were tweeting at any of our accounts that were like Jared Bednar's not a Stanley Cup coach? Can he can he get them across the finish line? And the way that I always respond to people, I always say, look. No coach is ever a Stanley Cup coach until they win it. Yeah. Like. John Cooper was in what, year seven? Yeah, John Cooper is a great example because John Cooper and Jared Bednar, outside of the the now Stanley Cup, have basically the same coaching resume. You know, different backgrounds and all that in life and all, but the same coaching resume. One at minor league levels. Yeah, won championships in the ECHL, the AHL, and then ended up very good head coaches in the NHL. Yep. And Cooper, you know, the the Lightning were thought of as chokers, and Cooper couldn't get the job done. And now all that's dead. You don't hear that. It takes one win to not be a choker. Yeah. Yeah, that's all it ever is. And you know, it's it's so it's it's funny our perception that these guys have. Um, yeah, it just I mean because a guy like Claude Julian is he's been there and he's done that and he's coached he's coached the result is great results out of teams. I mean, when you look at Julian's. Time in Montreal, this this is his second stint with Montreal, but when you look at his time in Montreal, he had 17-18, in which Montreal was pretty terrible. But his other three seasons, the one he was hired in, when he was hired in halfway through the season, Montreal was 16-7. and 18-19, Montreal 40-30. and 30. They missed the playoffs, but they had 96 points. Yeah. A strong season from them. And then 19-20... They were not tracking very well. 71 points in 71 games, but you already mentioned the playoff bubble gave them an opportunity to prove something in the playoffs. Yep. And they were 9-5-4 and four when he got fired yesterday. Yeah. 
And a six eleven points percentage is pretty good. Yeah. It, they were <laughs> poised to be in a good spot in that northern division. They they're still today, I think they're fourth in the division, but that's still in a playoff spot up in Canada. And <laughs> they had three games in hand on Edmonton to to try and track them down ahead of them. So Yeah. Well, and, and like, that's not a division that you're worried about finishing last in anymore yeah. because Ottawa, the bottom fell out right away. And Vancouver isn't that far ahead of Ottawa either with 23 right, well, games played. Yeah, that's the crazy part is that their points percentage is so bad too because they've played so many games and they're just not, they're not any good. Yeah, the only team that, that you, you're worried about if you're the top four is Calgary and they're playing 500 hockey. So Right. And well, and like their GM is going on the radio and like lashing out at people for trade rumors and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> bro. Yeah. It, so I don't, I don't know. The Bergman obviously felt pretty steadfast that he felt the team was stagnant and, and Julian was part of the problem there. But I don't know that the uh, the team's numbers really support that theory. But here we are. It's it's really interesting that like you broke down his this st- his his stint in Montreal the yep. last couple of years. You know the the really hot start where you you know and then they miss the postseason those couple of years. But they they do it in very different ways. Yeah. Um, and then last year's weirdness, and this year like. This year, this is the the best they have been outside of that twenty four games at the end. So to yeah. fire him, to fire him now, it's just I think weird it's, timing. Yeah, yeah, I think the timing of it is weird, and that's that's what caught me the most off guard about it was this is like they're tracking just fine. You know, like they're they're okay. It's just I could understand it if they were forty five games in and were right towards the end of the season, and they just they just hadn't lived up to any expectations. But at this point in the season, there are very few teams that you can write the book about. You know, yeah. Vancouver at twenty three games played has a ways to go to catch, to catch up in that division. But it's like, even them, they're, you know, they've got, they've got time in the season to turn this thing around. They're still clear of Ottawa. (laughs) Outside of Ottawa and Detroit, no team is really out of it. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, Nashville's probably there. Buffalo is probably there. You certainly have teams on the outside, but yeah, I I don't know. It's just it's just just such a weird time to be firing a coach. Agreed. Uh, Maybe. All right. Is is Bergevin galaxy branding this and trying to do what Pittsburgh did with Sullivan? Fire coach to Stanley Cup. Maybe. Um, we've seen it. I mean, it's worked. Yeah. I mean, Barube got there. That's true. St. Louis did it too. Yeah. So we've seen it a couple of times where it's worked. They just, I don't know, man. I'm the, the other thing is, is, uh, what do you do with that position now? It's not just about firing a coach. Now you have to go get somebody to do the job. I think the obvious name that's out there right now would probably be Gerard Gallant. Yeah. That's, there's not. That's true. It's not like there's a ton of names out there. Gallant being one of the few big ones. Um, as of this moment, the interim head coach is previous assistant coach Dominique Ducharme. Uh, Canadians are a bit weird with how many coaches they've gone through, but we'll get to that in just a second. We do have to take our first period break with Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get eight different kinds on tap down at the DNVR bar where AJ and I will be for tomorrow's game, so come check it out. Find yourself some Breckenridge Seltzer if you haven't yet. That stuff is awesome. Go on over and get some at your local liquor store. Use the Breck Beer Locator online to find what you need to find. And of course, 
brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. These guys offer amazing deals for you every single day with their odds boosts. But if you want to literally win free money, sign up with a new account today with code DNVR. You can get a $1 to earn a $100 bet on any basketball game for the rest of this week. Any basketball game, all they have to do is make one three-pointer in the game. You win 100 bucks, Just like that, easiest 100 bucks you could ever make. Jump on it. Get yourself 100 bucks. DraftKings has you covered top to bottom with that. You can go in and bet on whatever you want. Turn that money into even more money. Why not? Because... That is what DraftKings is all about. They've paid out over $12 billion to their customers since 2012. So, yeah, jump on the money train. Get in there. They're safe, secure, super reliable. So super easy to get your money in and out wherever you need it. Highly recommend, as always. Can never get enough of this one. You know the drill. By now, I'm sure. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Must be 21 or older. I already said that. Uh, $100 payout paid out in four $25 free bets. Restrictions apply there as well. Call 1-800-522-4700 if you have a gambling problem. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings Sportsbook. AJ will be back with us in just a second. But for the moment, I did want to take a look at the Montreal Canadiens head coach history. Because they are a team that goes through coaches pretty quickly. Since 2000, if you count interim head coaches as well. They have gone through Dominique Ducharme as their current interim head coach will be their 10th NHL coach in the past decade. So on average, including interims, that's one every other year, a very quick turnover rate and around the league. It's, it's pretty varied. You have a team like Tampa, The longest current head coach in the NHL is John Cooper, who has been doing that job since 2013. So they've stuck with their guy, and they've been a pretty successful franchise under him, making the playoffs, I believe, every single year of his tenure, and obviously winning the Cup just last season. So Cooper got the job done, but at the same time, he had time to get the job done. Montreal, and and this is relatively true for all of Canada when you're they're not just full on tanking coaches are in the hot seat there a lot faster than they are in some smaller markets so uh yeah JT a number of teams have done that recently actually Pittsburgh did it on the first year of their uh their back-to-back championships and St. Louis did it just the other year as well with uh, bringing in Barube but St. Louis in particular brings up another question of <laughs> how much of uh, of coaching success is actually just a hot goaltender, particularly in the playoffs, because sometimes uh, those two things can get conflated for each other a little bit. You know, Jordan Bennington obviously going on the insane run he did certainly helped Berube quite a bit. Did Pittsburgh do it in an 09 as well? Okay, well, there you go. Um, as AJ is is coming back and, and getting reset up here. AJ that was scary. <laughs> I was just uh I was talking about if you <clears throat> head coaches, Montreal has now had ten head coaches in the last twenty years. Oof. Yeah, quite a few. Yeah, that's a lot. Um it, part of this is Montreal, right? They they're there is a very specific culture in Montreal where, yes, it is all of the Canadian media media hot seat, but then they also run with having to hire multilingual front office people almost entirely. And at every opportunity, they certainly take the advantage to hire a French-speaking, uh, be it GM, coach, whatever they can find. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to complicate shit. Yep. That's the simple way to put it, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I, I guess I don't know 
the the Canadians media culture that well because I don't speak French. So it's I can't I, I know that it's intense, but I'm trying I, I can't accurately compare it to say like a Toronto where I know it's just a total circus. I think there's I think there are similar circuses. Yeah. Okay. Um it's just in two languages, so we only understand half of it. <laughs> True. um i yeah it's it's white hot up there all the time dude it's it's really the scrutiny is never ending for anything that you do yep uh and i think what's incredible about that aspect of it is that bergevin just keeps rolling yep he not too worried. He you does know, his thing. Like he's how long has he been? Long, long time. There? Yeah. Now, you know, it's I don't <laughs> He's been he's been the GM there for a while. All right. And when, when you're as swole as Bergevin, you're just not you can't get fired. All right. <laughs> the muscles keep him in the GM position. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess if they're afraid to, uh, if they're afraid to fire him because he'll just beat them up. That's that's their play. They're gonna steal Rod the Bod from Carolina Man. to beat up Bergevin. Twenty twelve. Yeah, so that's even longer than Cooper's been a head coach. He's been in the GM spot. Jeez. Maybe that's why Bergevin started getting so jacked a couple years ago. Can't fire me. Yeah. <laughs> Too <Is that> ripped. <laughs> 71 point season. You could try and fire me, you little nerd. <laughs> so that yeah. puts him in the top 10 GMs in the league uh, with Poyle, who's been in control of Nashville forever, being the longest. Their entire but, existence. Yep. It's the only GM Nashville's ever had. Then you have a couple of others San Jose, Anaheim. Chicago with Bowman, obviously. Uh, St. Louis and Winnipeg are the only teams with longer GMs, but not really the point we're trying to make. Uh, Sticking to the coaching side of things. Is Julian's firing another example of head coaching performance is actually just goalie performance? Because Carey Price has not been good this year. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah and you know jake allen has been a nice little revelation for them true he's been an important player for them so uh, i'm i i think yes okay it almost always is man it's almost always goaltending almost always plays a role in the firing of a head coach Fair to say. Um, the, so, all right, let's. Uh, I don't want to give off the wrong impression as I get into this conversation. So let me open by saying the Avs are not, will not, should not go away from Jared Bednar. He's going to be. Can I can I ask a real quick question? Yeah. What would it take for us to seriously consider it? Uh about in the immediate boy. Miss the playoffs? Yeah, I I I don't even you know, unless something crazy happens and the Avs go on like a 15 game losing streak or just something totally out of control. It would be really hard to get fi- get him fired before at least near the end of this season. Okay. So I would say miss the playoffs, he should go. I think that's fair. Assuming assuming health, like assuming that he has the team yeah, he yeah. mostly wants. Extraneous circumstances yeah. not included. Well, because like if, if Philip Grubauer gets hurt and Nathan McKinnon gets hurt. Yeah, if JT Confers your one C and Hunter Miska's your starting goalie, yeah. uh... <laughs> there's a there's there would be that would be a situation where you're like, well, <laughs> definitely feels a little bit different. If yeah, that's I, do, the case. I wouldn't even. 
I wouldn't even know what to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if they were to lose 15 games in a row. Like, could you imagine? Like, by the, like, the ninth loss, yeah. it'd be like... There'd be like a big hullabaloo about, oh, double-digit games lost. But then after that, it's like, what do you even say? Yeah, well, uh, like, like I remember 16-17, you know, they yeah, lost, they lost 16 much. games and they didn't lose that many in a row. Yeah, I think they, they got to like seven or eight that year in a row. But And it was just, yeah, I don't know. Also, I'm not sure you can actually say that the, the West Division is the worst division in the NHL. Um, I don't think that's true at all. I think that I think that it probably will have the lowest um, top point getter. I think that that might be where we're headed right now. Uh, but a little bit you, of self cannibalism there is the thing. Yeah, you look at the difference between one and eight right now. There's only a seven point difference. So for all this bullshit about how the abs are a huge disappointment and all this stuff, right? Like the the division is, I would say top to bottom, it's been more competitive than we expected. You know, before the Kings went on a six game winning streak, we were we were talking about. Like they were, they were probably out of this. This isn't that great, you know. Whatever, whatever. But right now, there's a seven point difference between last place Anaheim and first place Vegas. Now, games in hand are all over the place depending on the teams involved. But that's the spread. And right now, you look at the East; it's ten points. You look at the Central; it's thirteen points. And you look at the North; and it's all it's nineteen points. Yeah, I. I'm looking at points percentage in each division and the East pretty strong. Their lowest is Buffalo with a 0.438. Anaheim is bad. They have a 0.400, but next is the Sharks at 0.471. Not by any means out of the picture. Yeah. And then you look at the two other divisions. The Canadian division has two teams below 400 as and the central has Detroit at 0.31. Yeah. It's so which is Ottawa's at as well. And <laughs> that Canadian division is sneaky bad, man. Yeah, well you because they've got two teams that so far like so far Vancouver's been a straight bottom feeder. Yep. Ottawa Ottawa the same thing, but then Calgary, I mean Calgary 9-9 and 2. Sitting at 500 flat, uh, yeah. It, the outside of San Jose and Anaheim, the top six in the West, St. Louis currently in fifth by points percentage at 550. Yeah. So there are two weak teams in the West, but not nearly as weak as some of the weak teams in other divisions. And yeah. the top five are all pretty solid. It's just, I think we're talking, we're looking at the West. It's so far, it's been way more mediocre yep. than expected. And that includes the top teams, St. Louis, Colorado, and Vegas. Like Vegas had the kind of start that we would have expected from a top team. And at 11-4-1, you're really not feeling like they have too many problems. But they've played 16 games and 11 of them have been at home. So for me, that feels like a bubble. And their schedule has been relatively easy outside of the four games against Colorado, which they split. Right. They split those. Yep. So we'll see how things. Just to say it again, they split those. Yep. (laughs) Because after last night, it was like, oh, the abs this, the abs that. I went and looked this morning just out of curiosity. The abs don't have a losing record head-to-head against any team. In the division. Pretty good. Like, they're one and one against uh, St. Louis, a- Anaheim, and L.A. But they're 2-0 and oh against San Jose. They're 2-1-2, and 2-1-1 two, two, and one against Minnesota. And they're 2-2 and two against Vegas. They haven't played Arizona at all. So. Not bad. Again, like, for the for the misery that we're talking about right now. It's just not, they're just not in a, that bad of, they're not in a bad spot. Shout out Germany. Thank you for listening, JD. Much appreciated to our European fans. 
Yeah, our European peeps are crazy awesome. It's, yep. it's so nuts. The the stuff that they go through to follow the abs and to be part of the community. It, you guys are incredibly awesome. You go, to, you go deep when you're an abs fan from Europe. That is for sure. Yeah. All right. So, coaching. <laughs> yeah, getting back to the coaching conversation. Again, let's ignore Jared Bednar's existence for a second. How interesting is Claude Julien? Not just to the Avs, but let's say to any head, any team in the league that could potentially be looking for a head coach. Because you can't think that guy's going to stay out of the league for long. Well, when you remember what happened last time when Boston fired him. Yep. Immediately. <laughs> Montreal fired their guy to go and get Claude Julien right away. <laughs> so, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, do I... Do I it, it feels really early in the season to be to for another team to be doing that. Yeah. Uh, certainly a team with playoff aspirations. Yeah. Yeah. If early. we were living in a world where the abs had just fired Jared Bednar and Claude Julian is, is and Gerard Gallant are out there though. Those are the two guys that would top my list. Okay. My fear with Gerard Gallant is that he has a hard clock on him. You get a good uh, three, four years out of him before it blows up. Yep. It's really more like two to three. It's like the old Ken Hitchcock thing where he's a really good coach, but he grinds his players down. Yep. Where they just, they don't want to do it anymore. You know, where eventually the message gets tuned out a little quicker because it's such, it's so taxing that, you just see it. The players check out on that guy. And, you know, it was something that we talked about on this show before it happened in Vegas, where I said, keep an eye out. Yep. Because it, they're starting, Vegas is starting to show the signs. That dude got fired like the next day. Yeah, <laughs> of of having checked out on their coach. And that guy was gone in favor of Pete DeBoer, who's like, not my favorite head coach. choice is definitely a choice. Um, but to be fair, like they had a good run in San Jose is off to a good start in Vegas. Like is having, is having a, a decent run in another city. So, you know, okay. But Claude, I, I mean, it would be Gallant or, and Julian of the, of the retread conversation. Sure. Sure. If you're not getting into the woods of bringing up a, less experienced guy yeah, from the minors which, or something. I mean, you keep in mind the last time that the abs hired a retread was Joel Quinville. Yep. A guy who had an NHL job before. It was Joel Quinville. And if you go through their history, they adopted they they came with Mark Crawford, so he doesn't count. Bob Hartley had no NHL experience. Yep. You know? You ended up with Granado for a minute in there, but Granado had no NHL experience. Quinville did, and then Granado again. So yep. I guess he he at that point he had, didn't have NHL experience. He, the he only time. Had the <laughs> and then Sacco, Waugh, and Bednar. This is not an organization that has hired retreads. That's mostly true. Yeah, it's it's like Quinville and then Granado the second time. Yep, but otherwise. It hasn't happened. It's been all promoting guys and, and assistance, getting successful AHL guys. Yep. Or in the case of Wah, full YOLO player. Yeah. Had coached some like Quebec AAA owned owned part of a, a QMJHL franchise. <laughs> um, we no, can't take well, Bob Hartley's done in the NHL. Yeah, that dude's never coaching again. Uh, Green Mountain Dental Group sponsors this podcast as well. Allie Monroy had her wisdom teeth taken out there. Unfortunately, she had some complications with that, but she said that Green Mountain Dental Group is absolutely taking care of her top to bottom through the yeah. process, calling her every day, checking in on her, making sure everything is recovering to the best of their ability and getting her anything she needs. So, 
no matter what goes on in your mouth, the Green Mountain Dental Group will make sure to take care of it. Yeah. Yeah, I said that. Okay. Moving on. We here are family-owned business, right? DNVR, local. Green Mountain Dental Group's the same way. So go support local. Supporting our partners is supporting us. Head on over there. Give them a call at 303-988-0711. And you can get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush when you sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook with Rudo and AJ. AJ, do we know the answer to the question? Can Jared Bednar be a long-term head coach for the Avs? Dirty has been. I don't disagree, but can he make the jump to being John Cooper style of longevity? You're talking about Gallant. There are certain coaches... I think quite a few, to be honest with you, that have an expiration date with players. John Cooper seems to be one of the exceptions there. Bednar is not that far away from being considered an exception in that regard, as he's not, certainly doesn't look like he's going anywhere. And yeah, he's got 27 games to become a. To Ty Hartley to be the longest tenured head coach for the Avs. So should easily hit that mark through this season. And yeah, as Adam says in the chat here, the Avs have improved every single year under Jared Bednar. Well, and and that's the kind of thing that develops a long rope for you. You know, that's that's the kind of thing that that that's why you have the one it's not like they were like oh, well we'll see you know he gets a 3 year deal and then they keep quietly extending him um and giving him a little raise every time they do you know they do a little bit better they've gotten better consistently under him yep. a terrible terrible first season and then they have a 95 point season make the playoffs as the last seed on the last day of the season. Then the next year they make the the, the playoffs as a 90 point team. All right. A little bit of a step back there. Three days before the last day of the yeah. season on that one. <laughs> Earned it a little earlier. Uh, yeah, that was nice. Uh, and then the next season, you know, finish second in the division when the world shuts down Yeah, due to a virus, uh, but was on pace for, I think it was like a 107 point season or something last year is where they were, they were tracking towards. So, and then also PS, you know, they've won, they've gotten out of the first round in back-to-back years. Yep. Which even, even in that regard, they go to two game sevens in round two. Yeah. This year, this past year, they make overtime, you know, they're, that close to moving yeah. on to round three, right? Yeah, a conference. They and they haven't been in a conference final since I believe two thousand two. Yep. Um, I think that they are the one of the longest tenured. Uh, one of they have one of the longest conference final appearance droughts. I Buffalo's has got to be longer, right? But or did the, no? They made one in the mid two thousands. They might. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure they have one of the longest droughts for making a conference final appearance. I believe you. Um, It's been a while, to say the least, for the Avs. And Bednar has brought them to the precipice. The question now is, can he get them over the hump? And there's no reason to believe that he can't. Certainly put it that way. Uh, Certainly seems that at least when healthy, Sakic has given him the tools to do so. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is this is go go one at it. This is really the first year where it feels like the cup window is truly open for the Avs and Jared Bednar. Any any talk about removing him today is just it's too early. It's too ridiculous. Yeah, you can't even really have a serious conversation about it. Yeah. If you wanna, if you're salty and you wanna fire off that tweet on Twitter, do you, homie? Go at it, but it's not realistic. Yeah, 
And a lot of the times, uh, the criticisms of Bednar are like, I don't like his lineup choices. Okay. And it's like, that's not going to change with a different head coach. Yeah. Honestly, if anything, particularly on defense, Bednar has been quite open to playing young guys. Yeah. And like right now, there's obviously there's something up, you know, that they wouldn't put Martin Cout in when it made sense to and blah, 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 blah. But like you don't fire a head coach for that. I mean, like you fire a head coach because there you have a broken locker room, you know, half the guys don't like him, half the guys do, whatever, right? Like crazy shit happens. Yeah. Sure. Um you fire a head coach because the team is playing really, really poorly for and not for two games, for an extended stretch. You know, you you fire uh, a head coach because he run he has poor systems. They they do need a a fan controlled hockey league. That would be wild. But I I agree with you, AJ. I, none of the signs that go with firing a head coach are there for Bednar. No, they're not even close. To be honest, there aren't even signs of for firing the Avs assistant coaches at the moment. Yeah, I mean Nolan Pratt, his PK yeah. is is up there, and the power play is improved upon from last year. Obviously, the recent 0 for 19 stretch wasn't amazing. They had an 0 for 19 stretch. They're still in the top half of the league as a whole, and they have the second best power play in the Western Division. Yeah, well, and the 0 for 19 stretch is also over the course of like a month. Yeah, they, because they, there was a huge break in the middle of that. It wasn't like they had they were over nineteen this week, and, you know. And the over nineteen was a return to middle because they started this year wicked hot on the power play. Yeah, they were like forty percent at one point where you're just like, Shh, okay. I saw that, Kale. We want a doggo tax. You got it. You got to give us the doggo tax. You can't just you can't just put your doggo down there and not show it to everybody. Oh, there you go. Look at that. <laughs> This is Kenley. That's this is what the Avs internet fan base needs is more doggos. <laughs> Honestly, that's what we should do. The next time. Oh, it will not let me kick myself up. If there we, you go. I if, got we you. if we have to sit through an Avs loss tomorrow, we should just have like the bar full of doggos. Oh, that would be so sick. Doggo night at the DNV. And bar. it would just be like puppy pile up downstairs <laughs> in the bar. <laughs> Yes, all for this. Doggo night needs yeah. to become a thing. People bring bring your dogs and drop them off. You don't get to stay. <laughs> we get to play with all the puppies. They don't count against the COVID maximum either. That's right. We can have as many doggos <laughs> as we want. There's no capacity limit for the doggos. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I imagine head coaching sometimes is like hurting a bunch of dogs, but... <laughs> Yeah, well, and when it's broken, it's cats and dogs. Oh, true. True. Good call. Nice. So, all this to say, Julian's firing certainly seems like a massive outlier and should have no real impact on what the Avs are doing in their coaching positions. Yep. All right. Also, I mean, just when you consider who's in charge and how patient Joe Sackett is, very true. Yeah, at like every turn, for him to fire Bettner right now would be a major knee-jerk reaction. And like the people who think that he needs to be fired anyway, like the people who dedicate their Twitter accounts to hating on Jared Bettner and shit, weird. Like that's just what they do. Okay, like whatever. Like for them, it's well past time, but they're living inside of an unrealistic bubble, a delusional existence that is not tethered to reality right now. Like it's just not like teams just don't fire coaches that have been as successful recently as Jared Bednar. Jared Bednar, when especially when you consider the long term outlook for, for Colorado. Like when you consider the last ten years of their of their existence, like Patrick Waugh caught lightning in a bottle one year and lost in the first round with yep. home ice advantage. And that dude 
might still be a head coach today if he didn't just walk out on the Avs. Yeah, it would be interesting to know how things would have gone in sixteen seventeen with him. And then beyond. Who yeah. knows, right? Yep. So and head coaching is certainly a curious thing in the NHL. It's it's I am of it is my opinion, and I did not used to hold this opinion. It took me actually working in the league and covering a team and being around a team up close every day for me to believe this. Um, but the coaching aspect of things, I think is the hardest thing to get correct when building a cup champion, because you have, you have to get a guy that connects with your players. Yep. You have to get a guy that his style of coaching fits the style of your roster. Now, this is where an area where the abs have been fortunate because as Bedner has improved, the team has improved with him, and they have tailored more and more of their so that's player fine. acquisitions to the style that their coach is coaching. So that's less of a problem in Colorado right now. But were you to fire him, you would need you would want to look for a guy that does something similar um, to fit your roster that you've spent all this time building. You need to get a guy that connects with your leadership group. Every every team has like the core leaders on it. You know, all the personalities matter, but you every every team has like it's like leadership council. You know, it's three to six guys that they have that kind of run the show in that locker room. You know, veterans, young guys, whatever. The, it just kind of depends on that team. The louder, but voice, sure, yeah, you need to get you need to get a head coach that connects with those guys that are on the same page with them and they have full buy-in from that leadership group. Because if you don't and cracks form in your leadership group, it trickles down. Again, this is one of those things that is applicable to everyday life. When you you go to work, if there are cracks in your leadership group at your office, you know that the boss has no respect for the person that's directly under him but that guy is the guy that you report to. You treat that guy differently. Yep. Because the guy above him treats that guy differently. You know, if there's there's a certain hierarchy that that these that that, that are supposed to be set up, and with with coaching, it's really really difficult. The only way that you're gonna know if a coach checks all these boxes is to hire him and to bring him in and just see how it works. That's just it. Like, that's it. That's the yep. only way to know. So it's I'm of the opinion that getting the coaching aspect of, of winning a cup champion or of, of a Stanley Cup team is the hardest thing to do. It's the it's goaltenders are totally random and you don't know when they're gonna be good or bad, and it's like juggling, but you you can make informed decisions with coaching. This is why retreads are so popular, is because they they are well known. Throughout the league, you can talk to somebody and say, what was it like when that guy was your head coach? Yep. I imagine you get a lot of positive reviews at times with that. Um, but Unless you're Joe Sacco, who yeah, yeah. got fired, <laughs> has, been a, has been a top assistant for a decade, and has never gotten a sniff for another head coaching job. Yeah, not been close. All right. I'm for this. I'm for this. Take all your negative Avs internet energy and put that into getting Patrick Waugh as Canadian's head coach trending. Do it for the memes. He can speak French. All right. He fits the bill. Um, Okay. I think we pretty well covered it. Right now, I feel very good about the Avs coaching situation. I feel good about the ads in general. True. I'm just not that worried about it. Um, it's two games, guys. Good lord. <laughs> I think I think we've officially beaten this horse to death at this point. So. Yeah, six, three, and one in their last ten games, which has not been good enough to gain ground on anybody in the entire division, except for the San Jose and Anaheim. Yep. But so what? It's fine. They're fine. 
they're fine. On that note, we're going to get out of here. Two games the next 48 hours, and it's four games. Different story, for sure. Different problems, yeah. But you no can't cross that bridge until you get there, for sure. Yeah. Like and subscribe. The video does a ton for us here on YouTube. Much appreciate. All of y'all, fam. That's going to do it for us today. Again, we'll be down at the DNVR bar tomorrow. Hopefully it doesn't dump snow like it did overnight. Uh, <laughs> so everyone can get there safely. Come join us for an avalanche watch party where hopefully they, they break the dam and, and take it to Arizona. Uh, with I, unannounced, they didn't practice today. So we don't know who's starting. If yeah, they did not practice. Power, but... um, they flew straight to Arizona. Hunter Miska uh, played last night for the Eagles and then took Adam Werner's spot on the team plane. So that's cold blooded. Yeah, the only the only two news articles today for the Avs were Miska called up to the starting lineup, and Sherwood called up to the taxi squad. So Shane Bowers remains in jail. I don't even know what's who's on the taxi squad anymore because it's been so chaotic that I stopped following. Uh, I know O'Connor's on it, and I know Sherwood's on it. Uh, I'm sure there's a defenseman on it somewhere. I don't know if it's McDonald or Gilbert or who, but and Adam Warner would be on it now. Yeah. So there's three of the six. Anyway, thank you for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We always appreciate all of y'all. We will be back tomorrow night with a post game show again, live from the DNVR bar until then we'll talk to y'all about head coaching again next time.